0: Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast on a frigid Football Friday. We hope you uh, stayed warm last week, but if you want to talk sports, yes, yes. So hopefully to uh, warm up your mood, uh, we'll be talking some football. And uh, welcome to the dorm, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. I am Mitchell Kaminsky,
1: and I'm Marshall Macaluso. Here we'll give you this week's rundown of the top leagues, who's hot, who's not. And our hot topics of the week, let's get right into it. So before we get into all of our
0: football stuff and we got a lot to talk about, I was actually at Soxfest yeah. last weekend, so I got to mingle with some players. Um I'm sure you guys don't wanna hear all about Yolmer Sanchez and Ronaldo Lopez, we'll Ooh. have us. <laughs> We will have a White Sox special White Sox Talk edition, which I have a ton of cool content from Sox Fest for yeah, you guys. Yeah. But for opening rant, since the Rams won the Super Bowl, another guy that played in LA was Bo Jackson, who is one of the greatest athletes, yep. arguably of all time, um, as far as athletic-wise. I don't think it's really even close. Yeah. And he was at Sox Fest this weekend. He is a fantastic storyteller. It's uh, interesting because he was morally, mostly known for the Royals when he started off, but he said one of his favorite, uh, not, not only baseball moments, but sports moments in his career was after he had that gruesome injury with the uh, Rams that uh, everyone thought his career was going to be over, he came back mm-hmm. with the White Sox after tearing his... Um, I believe it was like ACL. It was like a, the, jo- the, bone right by, uh, the joint right by your like, hip or whatever. So it's like a bad injury, and usually they don't recover for it. And then he came back with the White Sox, and his first at-bat, he hit a home run. And it was really special to him because he told Hawk Harrelson, the announcer, that he uh, promised his mom was going to hit a home run. But I actually had some funny stories. He had a couple really funny stories that he was telling. I thought I'd tell a couple here. Yeah. Hopefully light up your mood. One, one of them was on a plane ride. And this is around like 1994, 95, 90, 1995 season. And around the 90s, the White Sox were one of the better teams in the AL. If it wasn't for the uh, strike sorting season in '94, they probably could have won the uh, the World Series that year. They were they were very good. So anyway, they're on a plane ride. Uh, bad weather. I think they said they were coming back from Seattle. And Bo was up front talking to the pilot. He's talking about P51 Mustangs, which is like his favorite warplane. And he actually said he wanted to buy one of those. His wife shot that down. In the back <laughs> of the plane, he said the back. He liked going to the front to talk to the pilot. Cause the back of the plane. Was like a mess. He didn't want to be in the back of the plane because Tim Raines was always back there, like ripping ass, so it always smelled bad. <laughs> Ozzie Guillen and Robin Ventura were playing cards, and then that would get really heated. <laughs> so he, said he didn't want to be in the back of the plane, he talking in the front. When they were at the, at the front of the plane talking about Mustangs, he said like they are talking about how so many pilots died because of the torque on that thing. When you're going low, sometimes they're just nose diving into the ground because of the torque. I forget the exact physics. And right as he said that, there's a loud bang, and one of the engines blew of the plane. And they're like, uh oh, that's engine number one. Bush <laughs> is like, oh, boy. So he goes, everyone hears this. So he's coming back to the plane, and uh, basically he said, uh, sorry for the uh, explicit. he's like, oh, buckle up, boys, this is going to be a bumpy landing or whatever, but there's a lot more ex- expletives. <laughs> Frank Thomas is in the back of the plane, and Frank Thomas is a big guy. You've probably seen him in those new Gen X commercials. He's a beast. He was yeah. the two, He's a uh, Hall of Fame first baseman with the White Sox. Hit a ton of home runs. The man is huge. He's a freaking nature. But apparently, he was a total baby. He's like, Oh Lord, Mama, help me. He was literally crying in the back. All the Mexican players had all the rosaries out and they're like praying, you know, taking out the crosses. <laughs> he said all the white guys turned red, all the black guys were turning white, the plane's going down <laughs> or whatever. And Bo Jackson's sitting there, like, calm his a cucumber. And so, like, cool as a cucumber. Anyway, somehow they ended up landing. They had to clear off, like, the tarmac or whatever when the plane was landing. Uh, But somehow they managed to land, and it was like apparently a really smooth landing, but he said that was funny watching that whole thing go down. The other one last one, really quick, another funny story. He said one of his more memorable moments of his baseball career was the Kansas City Royals. And they were playing the Milwaukee Brewers that day, and the night before at 6 a.m., his wife had his first kid. So he was at the hospital all morning, was really tired, comes in the next day for the game. He really didn't want to play. He wanted to be back at the hospital with his wife. So they came up with like a scheme. He's like, right, I'm going to get out of here as quick as possible. So he's taking batting practice, and the umpires come walking down the hallways because they're taking their batting practice underneath the stadium at uh, Kauffman, I believe it was, and we, yeah, you know, in Kansas City. And he's like, hey, can you go into the home plate umpire? He's like, hey, whatever happens out there to me, I'm sorry. It's not personal. Just let it go. It's, it has nothing to do with you. And I was like, all right, that's strange or so whatever. keeps like, walking. <laughs> First at bat, he's up. Takes strike one. It's like, all right, that's what I wanted there. And there's two balls in a row. He's like, oh, that's not good. He gets strike two. So now it's a 2-2 count. Next pitch goes right down the middle. And he takes it. He knows it's a strike. He was like an obvious strike. He turns around. He's like, what? What type of call is that? He starts cussing out this guy. He's like, well, that's the worst call I've ever seen. And he's like, in his mind, he's like, come on, come on. Throw me out. Throw <laughs> me out. And he keeps like cussing at him. He's like, throwing his hat. And then finally the guy throws him out. He's like, thank you. He like bolts out of the clubhouse. He's like, all right, see you boys. So he goes tells his wife he's like, hey, I'm coming home early. He's like, what? I thought you had a game or whatever. He's like, no, no, I'm coming home early. So he's like, he gets off the clean uniform. He's going there, and his wife's like, all right, I want you to pick me up some like chicken or whatever. She like had a hungry like she was hungry for chicken. So he picks up like from fried chicken from Popeyes. He comes peeling into the parking lot. He's walking with the chicken, but it was like raining the night before, so like pretty wet. And as he's walking in, this car drives by with like this huge puddle. So this huge like wave of water is coming. Like, his first thought, he's like, Oh, protect the chicken. Yeah, so he, like turns right. around, yeah. He turns around, he gets soaking wet, he's covered with Jake and then he's like running up the stairs. He finally gets in there to where his wife is in like the hospital. And the doctor's like looking at him crazy. He's like, "Wait, aren't you supposed to be having a game? And why are you dripping wet? And why are you holding a bucket of chicken?" So it was, like kind of an interesting looking scene for the doctor seeing no. Bo Jackson. Come yeah, Bo Jackson running walking in with a thing of chicken. a game. But yeah, he said and anyway. They he gave it to his wife, and then they spent the rest of the afternoon watching the Royals end up beat the Brewers, eating a bucket of chicken in the hospital. So that was an Sounds interesting. Sounds like a pretty thing. good day. It was a pretty good day. He had some football. This best football one, and this one won't be as long. But like he was talking about the Monday night game where he ran over Bob, Brian Boswell. Yeah, he said everyone rips on Brian Bosworth for that for the tackle, but he said it really wasn't a strength thing. For most football players, you know, it's all about leverage. So yeah. whoever can get to like Lois, and the, he said that was his thing. He's like, I got lower than him. That's how I was able to run him over, and that was his strategy. He's like, the guy who gets lower, like, but this yeah, like, true. is gonna win. Wins. Yeah, low, low man wins. always wins. So they, that's his thing. And, like, the way they tackle the day where, like, they don't want to, like, leave with your head or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's why, you are gonna. it's easy to get you're easy to get run over if you're trying to tackle like that. It's not the safest, but yeah. it's easier to get run over. So, yeah, he was interesting. He really well-spoken. Go. I was very impressed. It was that's super cool. cool to listen to that guy tell stories about it. Yeah, and oh, a lot of other cool go. things. But I'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah moving so on.
1: we'll get to some more White Sox stuff. Well, we'll ho- hopefully we're trying to get some, a White Sox episode the and a Cubs, Cubs episode. So yes. maybe some special we guests some in special there. Guests uh, but right now, you know, it's one thing is everyone talk about. Super Bowl's coming up. Uh, so really, I really? Heard Um so we're starting off we're going to do some positional breakdowns and later in the show we'll get um we get to some, you know, more uh, theoretical questions and then um, uh, finally our picks for the big game. But first off, we're just going to go down to go on positional wise Patriots offense versus the Rams defense and how does this impact the game? So Mitch, I'll let you uh, I'll let you start this one off. <laughs> this is it's going to be
0: Interesting. I think as far as Rams offense versus the Patriots defense, if Todd Gurley is healthy, weapons, I think this is the deepest. Um, this is the deepest. This could be the potentially the best offense. The offense the Patriots are going to face all year. The yeah. X factor is if Todd Gurley is healthy or not. I think if Todd Gurley is healthy, then I think the Rams. I probably lean toward picking him, but that's the X factor because he's coming off an yeah. awful game last week where he didn't get a whole lot of carries. Kind of got benched basically C. for CJ Anderson. CJ Anderson, yeah. Anderson was the more effective running back. And yeah. they're without Cooper Cuff, who would add a whole other dynamic. Yeah. But they've been without him for a while. Patriots' defense, it's all about game planning. Their game plan against the Chiefs was excellent, where they had the one guy covering um, Tyree Kill, and then yeah. McCur- McCourty was always in double coverage. And then they played their next best corner on uh, Travis Kelsey, and yeah. they had uh, double-teaming him, and Then everyone else was man-to-man. So it's all going to be about game planning for that and whether Mahomes can read this. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> so I think that's a big part. As far as uh, Patriots' offense versus the Rams' defense, the defense for the Rams, they, their interior leads the league in sacks. This is mostly because yeah. of Aaron Donald. So that'll be interesting to see them versus the uh, Patriots offensive line. Patriots offensive line doesn't get a whole lot of credit. Yeah, they're
1: they're underrated.
0: But they are underrated. So that'll be interesting to see if Nadamak and Sue, because the way to beat Brady is your
1: Broncos saw
0: in the AFC yeah. Championship Got to right get pressure on him. Yeah. Got to make him uncomfortable.
1: Because if, if he gets comfortable and he gets in the rhythm, I mean, we kind of saw this with the Chiefs. Um, and how they were down early, now they're able to make a comeback is because when they were getting down early, it wasn't. He was very comfortable. Like the the defense that they were running wasn't really um, disrupting anything, whether that would be sacks, pressure, or you know like really tight man-to-man coverage. Because yeah, with the Broncos, it was basically just you know rush four or five and play straight man-to-man coverage. Because you can scheme all you want with the route combos, but if the coverage is just tight and you don't have a window to throw, like it doesn't like. That's where coaching is, like, kind of taken out of the equation. Right. It's really just my cornerback's better than your wide receiver. And I honestly don't think – I don't know if the Rams have that luxury. I think Marcus Peters and keep to leave used to be elite cornerbacks, and now they're just above no. average. Yeah, I Like, totally they're good, agree. but they're not like – to Talib can't do what he did in 2015. I and Marcus totally Peter agree. Marcus Peters, who's a good impact player, we saw the first game against the Saints, he got absolutely torched. He did play well last week. Yeah, he already. did play well last week. And I think – him, No. who's who has kind of been, we haven't really heard much, but he did play well against he's the. Saints. The playoffs, he's been excellent. This regular
0: season has been it. Yeah,
1: so those are where. That's where the Rams' defense is very interesting for me because they have a lot of really good individual players, like Dante Fowler. Like when he came over, like he's a good player. He is a good player. And you know, like to lead Marcus Peters, Domikinsu, like all these guys are like good individual players. If they would like. As a team and as like a unit, they're gonna have to play really well against. The yeah, Patriots.
0: it'll be interesting what Wade Phillips designs for him, and he yeah. was, I believe, the coordinator. Yeah, he was for the he was a de- coordinator
1: for the Broncos when we had that elite defense.
0: Personnel-wise, I do think the Rams have a slight advantage here, but Brady's so good, Priest. Yeah, he's the one of the since Peyton Manning retired, he's the best Priest snap quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, and they, he can put up some points. Both of these teams are gonna be able to put up points, and same with the Patriots defense, you can put points up against them, as yeah. you have seen most of this playoff. So I really do think it's kind of cliche, but I do think it's a toss up in this game. It's a yeah, very I really evenly match. The experience of Belichick and Brady with that one well, like, best quarterback, arguably in the game, and then the personnel, just the
1: depth that the Rams have. And yeah, Sean is such an innovator. Yeah, so. especially because I mean, I think uh, I think last year, last year was a really big upset because like I think no one really expected Bill, whether he got out coached or not. Um, it was very even, which I don't think many people expected from Doug Peterson with the Eagles. Uh, at least I didn't. I, I think he's like a good coach, but like good coaches aren't. Bill Belichick, right. you know, but I think Sean McVay can definitely step up to the task um, I, I really just hope that Sean McVay doesn't get too cute for him, his own self, because he's done a lot of things, mm-hmm. that, and uh, granted, it's all worked out so far, like he's never had like a bad coaching decision, I think like, well, he, I mean obviously everyone makes mistakes, but like he hasn't had like a game losing coaching mistake, or like, I mean like we talk about Bill Belichick, he got too cute putting Gronk out there against the Dolphins right. the Miami Miracle and that's where you can just kind of outcoach yourself I don't think Sean McVay can do that or will do that, but uh, I definitely think this is going to be a really interesting matchup.
0: It's crazy. He was still in college when Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. That's which insane. Is insane to which, think about. which honestly goes to show you when he got signed with the Rams, everyone was kinda of ripping on them. It was, it was like, like why are they saying this? Yeah, this thing? like the young dude, like all their players are gonna be like, the same age as him, but he is totally he's totally been everything they could have ever wanted for and him. And the coach. players love
0: playing for him too. He's yeah. such a players like coach. Like they, they these guys respect him. So Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then I think as for the Rams offense, it'll be interesting to see I think see Anderson I like throughout the playoffs I've been kind of expecting him to like become a non factor again. But he's still been like a big part of their offense. And They've integrated him. It's helped really well.
0: Yeah, everyone makes fun of like the fat back sort of things he's like oh tough yeah. but he, like It makes him tough to tackle. Yeah, and like thunder and lightning combos. Plus, not to mention, because he didn't play most of the regular season, he's fresh. There hasn't been so many hits on him. So he doesn't have a whole lot of mileage on him. Where a lot of these guys are like worn down from that long 16 game season. He's just starting. It's like week three or four for him. So he's
1: like pretty fresh. Yeah, he was signed two weeks into the, uh, two weeks left in the regular season. So he's played like four games. Uh, and, and he got, top. like, he got, like, I don't know, like, 80 snaps for when he was on the Panthers. Yeah, so. That's it. That's gonna be a huge thing. I think, uh, the Rams receivers are gonna have to play well, because I think Jared Goff needs a good game, but, like... X-Factor I mean, this game is Todd Gurley. Definitely Todd Gurley. If Todd
0: Gurley comes out healthy, and it's not, like, but, which we don't know, but, like, if he comes out healthy, and he looks like the Todd Gurley we yeah. all know and love, then... The Rams can very easily win this game. Yeah.
1: Because I think the Rams versus the Cowboys is another one where it's like, I think that one was definitely a toss up because I think the Cowboys had made like massive strides Mm -hmm. roster wise. But the fact that they, I mean, they combined for like, what, 280? Yeah, they were able to run the ball really well, yeah. And then it it never, that game, while it was close, it it was pretty much always in the Rams' hands. And that's the other
0: thing, too. You got to keep the ball out of Brady's hands. Yeah, that's true. So the more you're able to run the ball and chew up clock, the better. Yeah. It's because that's the Chiefs' biggest problem. They were scoring too quickly. Yeah. I mean, you got to score when you can, but their strength was throwing the ball, and they would score too quickly, and Tom Brady had the ball bad. in his hands too much. So.
1: Well, that goes down. So, basically, I mean, I think it comes up. There's a lot of X factors in this game that, like, we've seen. I mean, it's, the Todd Gurley one's very tough to call because, like, we've seen he's been very dominant, but the last few weeks he hasn't been doing much. Um, so, yeah, we'll get more to our predictions and such Dude, later. Dude, two players to watch from each team. Two, two players, players two to X watch. Two X factors to watch, yeah. For me... For the Rams, CJ Anderson, you gotta watch CJ Anderson. And then, honestly, this may seem like pretty cliche, but I think Jared Goff, like, and obviously, of course, he's the quarterback, so everyone's watching him. But people often forget about that Chicago game he had, where he looked god awful. Like, and and I think that was like the environment, which the environment's not. I mean, it's the Super Bowl; it's not gonna get any easier than that, um, or hard any harder than that. And I think like he. I always kind of picture Jared Goff as a game manager, but I think the last few weeks he's kind of shown that he's like been, he can ball, like he can be a franchise quarterback. Oh, he totally—he throws yeah. a
0: very pretty ball. He is really accurate. Yeah, he's not as flashy like these Mahomes, so he's not running around. But I think he definitely is. Like yeah. he's one of the better quarterbacks in this draft. Like or in that in that um, draft class, everyone yeah. like rips on it because his first year, but he's really turned it around. Yeah. he's been
1: good. And then I think I mean that's pretty cheap. So i will go with for the Rams. Um, uh, I think uh, Brandon Cooks. Uh, because it, me, especially you know, like obviously we've heard it all the time. He used to play for the Patriots. Um, he's I don't or no. He used to play for the Saints. Sorry about that. Um, and I think that he uh, wait. I'm I'm he's on the, he's on the Patriots. No, oh. Brandon Cooks. He's on the uh, he's on the Rams. He's on the Rams. Okay, I I I had a brain fart right there. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you're getting yeah. confused with Michael Thomas. Yeah, Michael Thomas. Yeah. We talked a lot about Michael Thomas earlier. Uh Patriots, um I think I can't I mean I can't like name I think Shaq um Shaq Lawson. Mason Shaq Mason, Mason, yeah,
0: that was actually gonna be one of mine. Yeah. Shaq Mason's definitely because one of
1: my he he going. went from like an awful offensive guard to out. like a pretty good one, and like he's gonna have to make his money. Um, that
0: was yeah, that's funny. That was that was one of mine. From yeah, the ages too. I I I just
1: remember I remember that name because against the Broncos, he was getting abused the whole in the in back in 2015, he was getting mm-hmm. absolutely abused by our pass rushers. Okay, I'll let you get some um, give some X Facts. Yeah,
0: Aaron Donald. Is yeah, mine. Aaron Donald versus Shaq, uh,
1: uh, Shaq Mason.
0: Uh, yeah, Shaq Mason, uh, Aaron Donald, good matchup to watch, and um, yeah, so that'd be mine for them. Aaron Donald had twenty sacks in the regular season for an interior defensive lineman that's unheard of, and he led the league. Yeah, he hasn't had any in the playoffs though this far. So that's going to be important for him to get some pressure on Tom Brady because they can get it from the interior side with Tom Brady not being mobile, and then yep. that'll help pocket the pocket collapsing a ton. So that's definitely be one I'd walk for. And then uh, Shaq Mason, obviously, for the Patriots, he's been pretty good. If they can keep him a clean pocket, that's definitely – that's uh, that helps a ton. Uh, the other one for the Patriots is Devin McCourty. I think it's going to be an X, uh, X factor in this yeah. one. Got to watch out for him uh, just to limit all the weapons. Um, to, uh, the Rams have, and I think he's a great. He's, he's one of their better players in the secondary. Um, and obviously, Tom Brady. Both quarterbacks are, but not yeah, kind of cheap. Yeah, so going cheap. beyond this, like, because Tom Brady. If I had to do ten best players for either team, Tom Brady is the best player on the field. Yeah. Then we go Aaron Donald, but as far as like X factors, have to go because Tom Brady last year threw for five hundred yards and they lost. So yeah, defense. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to check. Um, Jack Mason and Devin Cordy, and then I'm going like I I, stress, I can't stress it enough. Todd Gurley, yes, huge X factor. Got to hit Aaron get game going, yeah. and then other uh, one, yeah, and then with
1: Eric Donald. Also, one. I think another one that we, we kind of talked, we hit on it before, but Marcus Peters and the keeps will you. because I mean, we we've seen if they can get like a glimpse of what they used to be. because Remember when Marcus Peters was not in the Chiefs? He I mean he had he he had like what six pick sixes or something absurd like that. Yeah. Like he was he was outstanding in man to man coverage, mm. which is a really big way you beat the uh And the Patriots, Patriots don't have a whole
0: lot of guys that can go over the top, bro. Right yeah. So that'll help them a lot. It's not yeah. gonna be like the uh Michael Thomas is against the uh Saints that yeah. they're facing there. So Edelman's gonna be what something someone you're gonna have to yeah I mean I think Edelman bit. he's like,
1: always good for like 80 to 100 yards right. just like you can get like an underneath route he you can just can't get
0: field. these like roll guys going um, yeah like, like um, uh,
1: Dorsett Dorsett you can't
0: let you can't let Dorsett beat you you can't let Gronk get going yeah so you gotta let Gronk be a factor like he was last week against the Chiefs that's gonna yeah. be another problem. and I
1: think like especially for Gronk he played into like because I mean Tony Romo was talking like he would like they would like oh they gotta put Gronk out wide put him on a corner do like a go around, and it worked because like he's just his size factor. Yeah. And I think I think I definitely think um, Wade Phillips has seen enough of the Patriots yeah. to understand what's going on. I do
0: think though we're gonna see Gronk's last game. Here.
1: Yeah, I think he definitely retires because like he's one
0: he he's one of those guys that one word you know who he is Gronk. Yeah, Like, Shack. Their personalities. He could be a WWE guy. He could be a movie star after this. Yeah, he's definitely one of these players that he's has to li- up. he has a life after football. And he's been yeah. bang, he got banged up in college, he's getting he's a show of himself. And he just talked in about in like so. the
1: media days for the Super Bowl, he was like, Look man, like you guys don't understand like the beatings that it takes like year in, year out. Especially like like you don't even talk about the head, you're talking about like his his thighs, his, his arms, his terrible, shoulders, yeah. yeah.
0: Well even he, watching him run in that Chiefs game, he can't get any separation. His advantage is his size, because it looked like he was running with a piano on him. Back. Yeah, because his knees do look like they're yeah. hurting.
1: Well, we'll get to a little more of the Super Bowl, but uh, some NBA stuff. We got some uh, trade. world's greatest trade. soap opera. Yeah, there you go. So we'll start off uh, in chronological order. So okay. first thing, Anthony Davis requested a trade, um, and it's pretty clear that he's not going to be a Pelican for very much longer. Yeah. And it seems to be the Lakers, um, Bulls, potentially. He said he doesn't want to play in Chicago, though. says he doesn't want
0: to play in Chicago, and then was it wasn't yeah, with the was Knicks. he was from Chicago. The Knicks are really yeah, the Knicks are, uh, The Celtics and the Lakers are the two big ones. Yeah, Celtics. So, that's up. what I was forgetting. Now, the interesting thing about this, I think Anthony Davis, he wants to get out, and he's not going to sign a new extension. So, he's doing the team... I know fans don't like this, but he's doing the team a service by requesting a trade here. And yeah. it is awkward, but he's helping him because he's saying, like, what Paul George did with the Pacers. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to leave. I'm not resigning. At least he can get something in return for Yeah, him. that's true. Now, the Pacers, on the other hand, are saying that he's probably going to play out the rest of the season or. The Pelicans oh, are saying that he's probably gonna pay out, play out the rest of the season with the Pelicans, and then we have all this petty stuff where they took him out. They have an like intro video yeah, like with the team. End, yeah. they took him out of that. So and a lot of Pelicans fans are showing lot, up early,
1: yeah. um, and saying like you know like there was one I fan thing I saw that was like LeBron won't love you like we do, and I'm like, okay. but I've seen I've seen some there was one I know this was like an off from an off-brand website, so I don't know how trustworthy it is, and I don't take much stock in it. But it was a trade rumor. Um, and it was a package deal, and it was the Lakers were sending like three of their core players, like Lonzo, Kuzma, and I think um, that white like Eastern. European
0: oh, the yeah, the center that's yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: um, Which I think if you're the Lakers, like I don't want to play with fire too here, like too much here, because like you, this young core has been like a really big part of the why the Lakers are like going to be good for years to come. And like you, you can't like you don't you don't want to shell out because I think that like the Pacers are like still like thriving off that Paul George trade. They got a player. lot of pieces. the yeah. so depots it, turned into yeah. yeah I agree. That's a if, great you, trade if you're the point. Thunder, you're like, dang, we just lost Victor Depot. Now, granted, Paul George is having a fantastic year this year, but if you're the Lakers, like, look, we can't like we can't just dump off these prospects for like a five star player. Especially if he's not resigning and they don't trade
0: him, you yes. can just sign with him as a free agent the next year. Yeah, I have the money to do so that. I, so I wouldn't
1: shell out like. All these players in return. Because, like, I, I definitely think LeBron's not playing to win the finals this year. Because, I mean, you got, the, um, Warriors uh, uh, Clay Thompson, uh, free agency's coming up. And we'll talk about Kyrie a little bit. So, like, this free agent market's going to be pretty big. And I definitely think, like, look, the Warriors have kind of got a lockdown this year. It, it's Here's the risk. Now, if you wait, if you're the Lakers and you do gamble and you don't trade
0: for them, you do risk someone like, um, the, the Celtics swooping in and taking him yeah signing yeah. Him. so it's not a guarantee you are playing with fire because that's what kind yeah. of what happened with Paul George like oh well we're just going to wait for Paul George to, uh, when he was with the Thunder they're like well, we're just going to wait for him to uh, sign with us in the offseason and then he didn't he re-signed with the mm-hmm. he re-signed with the Thunder so yeah. it is definitely a risk I, I think, would not trade Kuzma. I think yeah. he's a dog. Ingram and Ball—if you do have to trade someone—and I do like him as a are, yeah. they are expendables. Um, you could for Anthony Davis. That would be. Yeah. I think that'd be a fine trade. It'll be interesting to see how that goes yeah. down. Down. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, speaking of up, so, so the Pelicans are playing with this one very delicately. One team who's not is the Knicks, who mm-hmm. I'd be, i be—I mean, Kristaps Porzingis requested a trade, and about ten minutes later, he was on the Mavs. Uh, so that did not take long, as yeah. they have already traded him with a package. Liam Mitchell, yeah, here's the, yeah, that. here's the.
0: Ba- so the Mavericks got Porzingis, and this
1: is a, it's like a
0: seven-player trade. The Knicks got uh, Dennis Smith Jr. and two future first-round picks, uh, Wesley Matthews and DeAndre Jordan, who both have expiring uh, contracts, and they could be buyout uh, candidates here. There's yep. no they're going to the Knicks. Uh, Trey Burke, who's averaging 11 points a game this season, he's heading to the Mavericks along with Porzingis, Courtney Lee, and Tim Hardaway. So. The big thing for the Knicks here, not so much the trade. And like yeah. Dennis Smith Jr. and uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., they're not going to be like yeah. altered. Like there'll be like some role players and knee-jerk yeah. ranches I'm like, what are the Knicks doing? This is stupid. But upon like, like taking a deep breath, taking a step back, and like looking at it, they have a ton of cap space now. They have room to sign like two max contracts. And there's rumors that Kyrie, which we'll get to, yeah. he could go over there. Durant can go over there. They're they they have a potential to get the first round pick in Zion. So you get Zion, two max guys there. That would be nice. Porzingis didn't want to play there anyway. He's a seven footer with knee problems now, so he's kind of brittle and stiff. You're gonna shell out big money for him? No thanks. I actually do like this move that the Knicks made here. I think that's gonna be good for them. This is a
1: massive gamble though, because if they don't win the lottery and they don't get a very good pick and ends up, you know, going, they end up getting like a not one of the big like RJ Barrett or Zion Williamson's, and I mean like. The Knicks have kind of proved that they're like not a very steady franchise. Like I don't know if you want to play for this ownership. But were they winning
0: with Porzingis? Were they going to win any titles with Porzingis? Is this roster right now? No, but I mean, right you, you could build around
1: Porzingis. You could,
0: but they were not winning I... anything with them right now. And uh, I wouldn't want to sh- sh- shell out a ton of money for a big man with knee issues now. He's kind of like stiff. He's not going to be as athletic as I he I don't. He's still. He'll still be good. He'll still be still. He'll
1: still be an all star.
0: For the Mavericks, I like it too. Pairing him with Doncic is good. But I think good for team. the Knicks, they could potentially be the big winners of this. If you get two max contract guys. Because Kyrie's been putting out feelers. He's been texting. There's been reports that he's been like texting other players like, hey, you potentially want to team up the, uh, this uh, next year. There's no guarantee he's yeah, going to stay I, in Boston. I, still, I, I think he's is, is going to leave.
1: If you're a Knicks fan, I don't think you want to see this because, I mean, Kristoff's showed out. I mean, he hasn't really been given time to see how good he really is. But he didn't want to be there. Yeah, it's true. He he's think- increasingly
0: unhappy, so you want to unhappy him? Oh, and and there's
1: a reason he's unhappy though. So if you're if you're Kyrie, you're saying, look, there's a lot of options around here. Are the Knicks one that I really want to take? Because I mean, the Bulls got a lot of cap space. You can get a lot of money going for the Bulls, but you don't really want to. You know, no one wants to play in Chicago with the situation there. And I think the Knicks, while they're not as dysfunctional as the Bulls, it's a similar spot.
0: Do a lot of players. No, New York's desirable though. I mean, so Chicago like, There the, was talks. The- Durant wanted to go there last year. Like he was like interested in going there. Uh,
1: yeah, well, I don't know. I think this is a very long, long ball trade. It's definitely risky,
0: but I like the trade. It, I think it's going to pan out fine. For and if you're in the Mavs,
1: like, this is, like, money right here. Because I mean, you, you have a Bunnings super superstar, potentially, in Luka Doncic. And you, at least right now, you're not paying them a whole lot of money. You can get Kristaps, make him make a playoff run. And then they get, I mean, DeAndre Jordan has not been doing anything for them this year.
0: No, what they got rid of wasn't bad. I don't think Luka and Kristaps, though, are title contenders. You I mean, add, I mean, add, title you're going to have to add some more pieces. I
1: mean, it's so unfortunate in this league nowadays that, like, you have to have so many players to be a title contender. It's a top-heavy league. Yeah, yeah it's so top-heavy. And while I think this will play, I mean, this is a team that can take the Warriors to 6-7, but, like, probably will lose. They can, like, take teams, like, they'll play teams hard, but especially in, like, like seven-game series, like, you have to be clearly better than another team to beat them. Keeping in
0: mind, though, that the league is so top-heavy, next year, potentially, say Durant goes to the Knicks, Kyrie goes to the Knicks. So you'd have Zion, Durant, Kyrie on a team in New York. The yeah. Warriors would still be very relevant, because you're still going to have your big three that won the title, plus Draymond Green, before the, uh, if you get Anthony Davis to the Lakers with LeBron, that would be huge in LA. Yeah. The Rockets would still be formidable. They'd be still interesting. Obviously the Thunder would still be interesting. You'd have a lot of interesting teams at the top. And yeah. I think the NBA would get a lot more interesting there. Yeah. I'm all more for parity, but that's not gonna happen in this league. So yeah. the top heavy teams I at least want interesting storylines, which yeah. is
1: what we're gonna get. Speaking of interesting, Kyrie said we've been asked about his um his free agency and if he's gonna resign re sign with the Celtics. And he said, "quote, and I don't know, he I don't know if it was July eleventh or first, but basically the date was whenever free agency opens. He said, Ask me on, ask me whenever free agency opens. I don't owe anybody shit.' Yeah. No. So take this how you will, but Kyrie, I mean, I don't think it's impossible for him to stay with the Celtics, but I don't think it's. I don't think he's staying. And I mean, you look just to like, you know, a couple." Uh, months ago where he was like he was pretty like he's like you know like I want to be like with the Celtics and he he kind of was alluding to the fact that he wants to be here for a while but I think like I mean look man leadership like being the leader of a young team is not easy and I think he's leaving. and it's clear it's clearly becoming that and he's a different cat
0: than most people like he's yeah, like, he's yeah. out there he has a flat earth theory yeah over like off season he joins some like native tribe it was like an honorary thing yeah because he wanted to like go
1: back to his like heritage and stuff like that which is like it's he's, all cool like, he's his own like g- sure but like I don't think I, mean, I definitely especially Boston I don't think he's staying I don't think he's staying and I mean Boston will be fine without him. Yeah, I honestly think they were better last year without
0: him in the playoffs. And then you get you, so you're gonna get like this Jalen Brown and Rozier more touches under Brad Stevens yeah. system, uh, and then you'll have Gordon Hayward still back. So Boston will be fine. Obviously, you'd rather have Kyrie than not, but yeah. I think they'd be fine without him.
1: Yeah, I definitely can see Kyrie being a really good number two guy instead of being a leader, though. Which yeah. he had a perfect situation. And said no thanks. Uh, moving on. We got some uh, MLB news. The Cubs guy signed a new... Barnett, I believe his name. Yeah, he's a flamethrower. It's a little bit... Yeah. It's like a
0: low ri-
1: Low-ceiling
0: yeah. guy, but, like, low-risk. He risk. had, like, a
1: two-some... Two-three-some some average and like, 22 appearances. They all signed Brad Brock last week. Um, so, yeah, there's just, you know, two good signings for the Cubs. Right. There you go. Some exclusive stuff from SoxFest, too, this week. There's yeah. actually
0: some news that came out of there. First interesting thing was before, like, opening ceremonies, they, like, call everyone out... Um, Yander Alonso and Yoan moncada they FaceTime Manny Machado. They were talking to him right before that, trying to get him to come over there. And so that was intriguing there. Uh, Rick Hahn, general manager for the White Sox, he was saying, hey, we're probably not going to get both Harper and Machado. And he couldn't come out and say, like, the players' names. It was actually funny listening to because all these fans are obviously, like, that's the main thing yeah. in Sox fans' minds. They can't, like, say because like, tampering stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of funny watching him try to, like, weasel his way around the questions. But he was basically he did say, he's like, hey, we would be extremely disappointed at this point if we didn't get one of those two guys. Yeah, and then the other thing that Rick Renteria was saying, talking to Machado, because the speculation was he only wants to play shortstop. He said, "Hey, if I came to the Sox, I'd be fine playing third base," which is good news for Tim Anderson because he was like, "Hey, I don't want to give up shortstop." Okay. Yeah, so that would be help, and which would be a huge hole because on the White Sox, their future—if you look at their prospects. The one hole that's missing is third base. So that would be big if Machado did that. Now, obviously, it's still pretty stagnant. Padres is also another team yeah. moving to the mix there. Other news there. And then the last the funny uh, little tidbit. Someone was asking about the international uh, signing for the White Sox. I was like, oh, you guys, like it's been lacking. It's like, well, I begged a little We signed Luis Robert, came out of there. Uh, we signed uh, Michael Rodolfo, is one of the top prospects. And we signed Fernando Tatis Jr. until some jackass traded him. And that jackass Chris Hahn, <laughs> Rick Hahn who was talking about he traded him for James Shields and now he's the number two prospect in baseball. So imagine that with Eloy like coming up in front of But yeah, I got credit him for having a good sense of humor about that. So that was kinda yeah. funny. Yeah. So that's our Sox stuff for our It
1: was recently. actually funny, we were talking about this a while ago when the Sox met with Machado mm-hmm. and they were like and they it was either Han or Renseria, I forget which one. Um but they was asked, like, how do you think, like, it went? And his quote was, like, if I was on the other side, I would be <laughs> very, very impressed. <laughs> Which, like, okay, dude, I feel like we all say that at some point in our lives. Regardless, like, <laughs> like, how did that test go? Well, if I was the teacher, I would be very impressed. Like, all right, buddy. Calm down there.
0: Yeah. say the nice thing about Rick Rencher, yeah, that guy, is like, He's a really player's manager. Like, I would... like, Because he, yeah. he can speak Spanish, which is a huge plus in this yeah. market, and English, which is nice. And, you know,
1: yeah. we'll see. But, yeah, he
0: was kind of blowing yeah. some hot air there. there. Well, I agree.
1: <laughs> unfortunately for us, we had a polar vortex recently, which one was, like, negative negative fifty. It, it was rough, freezing. Yeah, Wednesday,
0: Thursday. I Michael Kopech couldn't get out of Chicago fast enough. He's like, tweeting. I'm like, I'm back in California. <laughs> <laughs> See you. <Chicago." laughs> Stay warm. Don't but die." Unfortunately
1: for us, we had ten heating and cooling, so we were we were very uncomfortable. It was cold in
0: that house. It was cold. We were we were stuck at the fraternity house this week. Yeah, ten heating and cooling did not do its job. It was awful. I was wearing a jacket inside. Yeah. So
1: hopefully none of you died out there. Yeah. Well, speaking of cold, so we got some hots for me. The hot upsets in the Premier League now we cut out the soccer segment this week unfortunately but I'll talk about it here uh, <laughs> Newcastle beat Man City 2-1 to one, in which Man City almost lost their title hopes but I'll get to that later um, which this is crazy Newcastle has not beaten Man City since 2005 imagine and just not beating a team for what like 14 years you, should go four, you go a decade with you can say, but like you have no bragging rights for a decade. And you play them twi- twice a year? Yeah, play them twice a year, home and away. And you can't beat them for 14 years. Wow. That's just soccer for you. Uh, then we got Chelsea, in which Mitch, wa- I forced him to watch I watched this game. game. Yeah, I we watched, watched this game. Well, I was like, hey, I'll throw in the Chelsea Bournemouth game, and Chelsea lost. 4-0. I never heard of Bournemouth before this,
0: Yeah, but I was pretty happy for them. And they scored four goals. So for a 4 nothing game, it was pretty exciting. Yeah, was I am exciting. growing yeah. on this sport. Yeah. I can see where yeah. people like A lot liked. of
1: people were like, wait, who's Bournemouth? And it was like, exactly, this is a big upset. Uh, this is one of their first four-goal defeats in like, I want to say uh, over 20 years. Uh, and then, you know, Liverpool, they had a chance to go, I believe, eight or nine points clear, but they drew Leicester 1-1, which was a pretty big upset for that too. Uh, so, yeah, Mitch, you got, uh, you got a little hot for us.
0: Yeah, my hot is uh, Tom Brady. And now, obviously, yes, he's in his ninth Super Bowl. We all know that, but that's not why. And yes, he's dating a supermodel wife, but that's not why. (laughs) In his press conference, someone played a song for him on the ukulele. It was very not your usual. It was very entertaining. Was so this man bread, has everything going goat, for him. La, la, la. It's
1: Sounds a little like...
0: strange too. But he's like, <laughs> it's oh, probably kinda cool. awkward. You think but, like... Jared, but Jared
1: Goff didn't have anyone playing a yeah, special ukulele. So you know. Maybe, we'll that's, maybe that's the x That's good luck. <laughs> Especially bad luck. We'll see. But yes. Good and good my good. Uh, my nod this week is uh I got insulted this week by a professional athlete. He did. But Daniel Polka of the White Sox, who we don't talk about him here because he's irrelevant and not that good. But Mitch is a big fan of him. Him, always yes. wants to talk about him. I say, no, we're not talking about Daniel Polka who's like the left fielder and the DH for the White Sox. Yeah. He hit 27
0: home runs last year, and he's better than Kyle Schwarber. Statistically,
1: and none of you care about him.
0: I know. Well, uh, this is like, and then. So basically, I was like, we're not
1: talking about him. And then you, you can talk. You, you met. Yeah. Him. So
0: we were going. I'm go- I knew I was going to Sox Fest, and Marshall before one of the podcasts. He's like, I don't like Daniel Polko. He stinks. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to tell him that you... He's like, you can tell him, like, because he knew I was going to Fest. And Marshall goes, like, you can tell him that I hate him, like, jokingly. So I actually went up, and I was meeting him. I'm like, oh, Daniel, big fan, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, yeah, I have this, like, a uh, podcaster. My co-host can't stand you, though. So despite him, hit 50 runs, home runs next year. He's like, oh, yeah, right, that'll be no problem. But your co-host sounds like a hater, so I'm never going to be a guest on your podcast. <laughs> you tell him you better so, turn that attitude around. So, because so of Marshall, most of never- our
1: podcast and our uh and me we both took a hit it was actually funny i text you texted me that picture and he was yeah. like you'll never be on our podcast and i was like wait did he actually say that and yeah so there you go that was funny he was a good sport about it but yeah
0: there you go way to go marshall yeah now we can never get to ratings <laughs> the ghost on the podcast uh, my not this week was Michael Thomas. And Now there's a lot of things. He had a rough week. We almost saw his ass during the game. <laughs> Fox did some nifty editing, cutting it out. He was getting tackled. His pants were getting pulled yeah. down. They did a quick like shot of New Orleans there. So credit the Fox editors there. Yeah. Then they uh, they didn't get to the Super Bowl because they got kind of screwed yeah. in that one call. But So he was pissed about that. And uh, Roger Goodell apparently issued an apology, but according to Michael Thomas, he did not. He's like, hey, he didn't reach out to us, and he was he was not too happy. Yeah, to he was on a Twitter rampage
1: whenever there was anything about the NFL or, like, the commissioner, he would quote-tweet it with something snarky, being like, oh, blah, 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 like, yeah, this is trash, we should be in the Super Bowl. Uh, moving on, hot takes, we're talking about the Super Bowl again. Uh, we got some more theoretical questions, though. So, Mitch... What does this Super Bowl mean for the NFL season? Just in terms of like what it's become, where this league is going. Because if you, I think this this is actually a pretty good Super Bowl uh, for the NFL because the NFL is increasingly becoming more and more of a quarterbacks league, and it's like all everyone talks about the quarterbacks, the MVPs, just who's the best quarterback, which it'll. Usually, yeah. Yeah, which it is what it is. Uh, unless you have some outstanding player who's not a quarterback, it's usually just a quarterback. But I think this Super Bowl comes down to everyone else but the quarterback. Uh, I know, I know. We talk about Jared Goff and Tom Brady, but I think we can kind of, we already, con- we all kind of know what we can expect from both of these quarterbacks. But I think it comes down to the um, the defense. Mean a lot. Coaching is a huge, huge factor in this. With two of the best coaches in the NFL, uh, yeah, the this one over to you.
0: I do think the Super Bowl is going to be
1: low, lower scoring yeah. than
0: most people think. I would probably bet the unders for this one. I also think earlier in the year, and I was victim of this too, I'll be the first to admit, that we're all like, oh, look at the, all the scoring, there's no defense, yeah. Yeah. and like all the rules are geared for the offense. And it was like watching Madden earlier in the year. But it's kind of always like that. The scoring numbers drop significantly once you hit the colder months of December and yeah. the late-weather games. And in the playoffs, we had a lot of low-scoring yeah. uh, playoff games for the most part. So I think that was a little overblown. As far as for the NFL moving forward, this is more of like a Tom. I don't think it really has anything significant moving forward. Yeah. But I do think the team, parity next year is going to be great. Most of these teams, there's going to be a lot more teams yeah. that are going to be more competitive than not. Yeah. Like look at the Jets and the Patriots on division. Like that rookie quarterback Darnold. That I think's talented. Now they got Adam Gates, They got an offensive minded coach. Yeah, the Bears are improving. The Broncos, you, you yeah, guys the, got a good offensive coach and you yeah. have some pieces on that defense. Chargers,
1: there. Who, Chargers, Chiefs are two of the best teams, In the and the AFC, Broncos they look are good. still okay. Um,
0: Potentially, there's going to be some movement. Uh, Bruce Arians pairs up with Jameis Winston. Yeah, that'll be I, interesting I think to see. Be good intro. I think the big thing is, I think I think the Saints are going to decline yeah. next year. Yeah. Because yeah. coming off two emotional losses like that, Drew Brees' age is starting to really show. He look his yeah. arm look gassed. And the loss
1: Teddy Bridgewater can be right service. You know. So
0: uh, as far as the state of the NFL league, I don't think this game really. I, this is the one thing I do think it'll affect. If the Rams can win the Super Bowl. Because it's a copycat league, I do think teams are going to start paying more free agents. This will be good yeah. for the players. If the uh, if the Rams win, the yeah. play, if you're a player, you should be root yep. for the Rams because you're going to get paid as a free agent. They want to pay them. Um, and as far as for the Patriots, this is more of like a legacy thing for Tom Brady.
1: Yeah. But and so going out of that, and if you if you, any of you read the Bradley Scout, we're doing actually, a, we're both on there. We're doing a little one-on-one piece on what is this? What is this? Uh, we got we we got the email about it the other day, and it was what is this? Um, Mean for Tom Brady's legacy, whether he wins or loses. And honestly, like both of us kind of came to consensus that this doesn't really mean anything. Like if Tom Brady wins this, he's the goat, and I'll just add another notch to his record. And on whether, and obviously, like a lot of people say, you know, he's overrated, and uh you know, he, his defense carries him, and Bill Belichick carries him. I think this one, like a lot of this, is a lot had to do with Tom Brady. Like you can't, this is no accident. If he wins his what fifth sixth Super Bowl. Even if he doesn't, too. Yeah, if he doesn't win, like it doesn't
0: do anything for yeah.
1: him. he'll still have the
0: most Super Bowl wins by any quarterback. Yeah, and we I mean, you have the most Super Bowl losses. But this is the thing with like the Michael Jordan, um, LeBron James argument. Yeah, I would rather get to the Super Bowl than get knocked out in the first round to keep my perfect record. Like getting to yeah. the Super Bowl is an accomplishment in yeah. itself
1: because it's so hard to do. And I think, and I think this is why like the NFL, like Super, especially, especially. The nfl uh the super bowl is is can be can go either way i mean you talk you talk i mean soccer i think super bowl is the most exciting when it comes about like who the best team winning versus excitement super bowl has the best excitement but the lowest um lowest now granted is relative lowest like outcome of with the best team win i mean like soccer it's the best team has to win, and then all the other sports because it's like that league system. We're not gonna talk about that, but the other sports are series. Right. So like you have to be the best team through seven games, whereas the Super the Bowl, team I mean, wins usually in yeah. Series. And I mean, does Nick Foles beat Tom Brady in a best of seven series? No. If you ask me, no. But yeah, I think they just. Not. But I think you can just you can scheme up a really good game. You got the Philly special. You have a couple like key plays that can run a game one way or another. I mean, you talk about a lot of times you talk about like the Saints hitting a. Uh, an onside kick to start to have yeah. like these are just like one plays single plays that can change the outcome because it's just one game it's just one game so whether Tom Brady loses this or wins this the fact that he's been able to be like so incredibly dominant year in and year out I think like it's his like his legacy is still intact and I think if they lose this it won't be Tom Brady's fault it'll be their defense coaching staff
0: yeah I mean we have to see how the game plays yeah, out. Yeah, even if he
1: yeah. plays a, say he plays a horrible game like stinks it up
0: I mean nine super nine Super Bowls. You're due for one bad game. Yeah. But I think when you whenever you have the Patriots in the Super Bowl, it's always a close game. They haven't had a bad game yet. All yeah. their games have been decided by like one score. Yeah. So I think, and especially the two teams, very evenly matched. I think we're in, we're going to be in yeah. to a treat, which yeah. is why the Super Bowl is it's grown to like such a spectacle. It's really a national holiday. Yeah, honestly,
1: it is. And I mean, like you talk. I mean, a lot of people talked about how like the Broncos panthers Super Bowl was like boring. But I think like low-scoring games can be interesting. Like we've seen that a lot. Like defensive showdowns can be fun. Well, that kind of wraps up that. Uh, we'll definitely talk about the Super Bowl after one more, this week.
0: One more quick nugget before we bring in the closer.
1: Oh yeah. Speaking we- of coaches,
0: I was talking to Daryl Boston, White Sox third base coach, <laughs> and I actually got into a long talk. Cause not a whole lot of people want to see Daryl Boston. Surprising the line to meet him it wasn't very long, so right. I had like a good five ten minute talk with him. The steal sign for the Sox last year was a belt. They yep. swept the belt. I'm like, was there an indicator? It's like nope, they wouldn't listen anyway. Usually the indicator is just me yelling go, because Tim Anderson will be like wandering off. That's why the Sox are 60- six. <laughs> the Cubs they probably have an indicator. That's why yeah. they win games. Yeah. So the White Sox yeah, try go. to clean up your act a little. So, yeah, bit.
1: you know what, coaching staff, <laughs> we got some sure. really good coaching over the Super Bowl, coaching over the White Sox. this slacking a little. Terrell Boston's a pretty
0: funny guy, though. I'll give him that. All right, we're going to the bullpen.
1: Going to the bullpen, bringing the closer. So we, as you can know, we usually talk about when it comes to the NFL. We talk about what happened this weekend. We didn't do that in this episode. Because no one cares about the Pro Bowl. And it. whether you do or don't, this Pro Bowl was an absolute mockery of itself. It really was. Especially was seven points for the NFC? Jason Garrett, you're talking well, I'm not even gonna get into that. We're not talking about the Pro Bowl. But He's the
0: world's best football players. Yeah. He can't score more than seven points. That's disgraceful. Which makes you think Dak might be good and it's <laughs> Jason <Kenner>. Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: like we we knock it and everyone knocks it and it's all like Mike Williams. Mike, knocking Mike, yeah, Mike <laughs> Evans is getting interceptions. But it still brought in eight million viewers. The NFL Pro Bowl brings in about eight million viewers per year. The NHL av- Finals averaged four point eight million viewers a game. The Pro Bowl almost doubles the the average uh, viewership for NHL Finals game. In the eight the twenty eighteen NBA Finals averaged only seven point seven million viewers, which is just a little over double the. Uh, The NFL Pro Bowl, which for a Pro Bowl, a meaningless game, to a Finals game, he's thinking there's be more. But I'm not talking about the NFL right now. I'm talking about the NBA because we just got the Pro Bowl, not the Pro Bowl, the All Star Game uh, starters, and then the reserves came out, I believe, last night. Now the NBA All Star Game averaged about seven and a half million, but I think they can do a lot more considering there were two huge snubs, Luka Doncic and Derrick Rose. Now. All star games, Pro Bowls and the like, are ma- are huge marketing opportunities. Not for the league itself, because it's not going to be your best quality football, soccer, uh, b- baseball, basketball, hockey. It's not going to be the best game of that. But the players are there. The best players of your league are going to be there, and you want you want it to be exciting. You want to play. You want the fans to watch this to watch the favorite players playing a game. Now, whether it's good or not, that's beside the point. You have such a good opportunity with the players. I mean, talk about, you can market Kyle Schwarber, not a huge, not a very exciting guy, but you throw him in a a home run derby, with uh, Bryce Harper, and all of a sudden people are like, "Dang, this Kyle Schwarber guy's exciting. He's doing bat flips after hitting 400 feet home runs." Oh, like, but that's... get Polka in there. Oh, hold <laughs> on, trying... baby. See what I'm dealing with? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you get. I mean, then you get the NHL NHL All Star Game. I think it's stupid, and I'm not gonna watch that. The three on three but, did help it though. Yeah, the three yeah. on three helped it because you got more players scoring goals, yes. which is more fun. And then you get the goalies, who no one cares about. If it's a three on three, they got to make a lot of saves. They're gonna make some cool saves. I think there was a last one or two years ago, um, McGowan had a. Really Really great stick save, and it was like a gif, and everyone's like, Oh, that's really cool. You got all these speed racing, I mean, all these individual competitions, the skills competition yeah. Cool. yeah no. NFL Pro Bowl, they did like a dodgeball thing, which is like stupid, but it was like you saw Akeem hicks trying to like do something stupid and he got hit and he, like threw a ball. And it was funny, it fun to watch him. yeah, because you want to see your players have characteristics and you want to see your players be personable. Well, after looking at these. Uh, reserves, now granted, the five starters are like your best plays, your Steph Curry's, your Giannis, your LeBron. The reserves are kind of what make it. And after looking at them, I was really disappointed because Luka Doncic has been one of the most electric players uh, so far this year. He's, he's making, been a fan favorite, too. Yeah, he's making, he's a fan favorite. Yeah, the, all, the fan voting, which I'm not sure how this applies, but Derrick Rose and Luka Doncic were blowing it out. I mean, they had more votes than like Steph Curry at one point, which is like the because fan, the fans want to see them. When Derrick Rose had his 50-point game, now the T-Wolves—they're a team in Minnesota, so no one really cares about them because they're not relevant. Right. No offense to Minnesota, but they're not that good in the standings. Is what I'm trying to say. But when he got his 50-point game, that was huge. I mean, everyone flocked to that. It was a story for like three days. ESPN's covering it. And all these teams are, co- all these places are covering it because it was so exciting. Because we got to see this guy who had such a fall from grace come back. And it nearly could have been capped off by an All-Star appearance, in which it would have been a really cool moment for him. Luka Dodgers. Now, granted, he'll have his time uh, in the next couple years, but like, if you want to get a, like a debut, like this is his debut uh, season, his first All-Star game, one of many more to come. This can be his first one. People would all, uh, would all would love to see that. He makes step-back threes when the game's on the line. I mean, what's better than a three when the clock's running down? But after seeing this, some of these players, I mean. Now, all due respect, but no one cares about Chris Middleton, Nikola Vucevic, Kyle Lowry, Marcus Aldridge, Bradley Beal. Now, these are some good players, but marketing-wise, you're not going to get a lot of people buying LaMarcus Aldridge jerseys. I honestly don't watch—I haven't in my past years watched a lot of NBA. Now, this year, I've been trying to more uh, so I can have, be opinionated on this podcast and know what I'm talking about, but in the past— I mean I watched I think the, I think the last like real time I got into the NBA was when the Bulls lost to the Cavs in the playoffs. After that I haven't really cared much about the NBA because the Bulls haven't been good. I'm not a Nuggets fan. I bought a Luka Doncic jersey, it's just because nice. it's dope. It's slick. It looks really nice. And, I mean, he's so exciting. I mean, I can walk around and everyone's like, oh, Luka Doncic. No, I'm, I'm not a Mavs fan, but he's such a marketable, personable, cool player. He's like 19 years old. I'll buy his jersey. That's dope. Yeah. And the NBA needs that more if they want to compete. The NFL can just throw whatever content they want. But the NFL, they rule sports. They'll get viewers. The NBA, NHL, MLB, they don't have that luxury. People don't buy those jerseys just for fun because they like the players. It doesn't happen that much. Now, now you can say, oh, Marshall, but, but it's not about, it's all about the integrity of the game. It's all about the integrity of the game. We gotta have the, the best players be in there statistically. So you gotta throw in the guys who no one hears about. Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade made it in. Now, okay, yeah, these guys are in their probably last year. So they're legends of the game. I love Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade. Dirk Nowitzki's averaging 4.4 points per game, 0.4 assists per game, and 1.6 rebounds. Dwayne Wade has 13 points per game, 4.3 assists, and four rebounds. Statistically, they don't deserve—they don't even deserve to be a, in a starting lineup. Now, maybe Dwayne Wade, but I mean, come on, these guys are shells of themselves. Still love them. I'm not knocking them, but they just don't deserve to be there. Right. And besides, Dirk Nowitzki has 14—all. This is his 14th All-Star appearance. Dwayne Wade, this is his 13th. Dirk Nowitzki has a 2011 Finals MVP. Dwayne Wade is a three-time NBA championship. They don't care about this. Just another All-Star game just their 13th 14th all-star game they've already won the whole league who, why do they care why do they want to be there and in addition if you're going to talk about stats derrick rose averaged 18.6 points per game that's pretty decent and is better than kyle lowry with 14 chris middleton with 17 and ben simmons with 16 luka Doncic has 20.4 points per game outscoring all those guys but he's also outscoring victor oladipo who i think definitely deserves to be there D'Angelo Russell, who's made the Nets a contender, and Nikola Djokic, uh, Djokic. Djokic, yeah, who's making the the Nuggets a contender. All no, all those three guys, I think, deserve to be in the All-Star game, and Luka Doncic is outscoring all of them every game. So, and look, I can throw around stats all I want. Assists, rebounds, steals, what they matter for this too. To.
0: Luka Doncic beat LeBron's record for most assists,
1: assists in a rookie season. So. Yeah. And I mean, you can talk about that all you want. You can talk about what they mean for their team, but... And on, honestly, it doesn't really matter. Well, I mean, we were talking about it before. One of the best NHL All-Star games is when what, Scott...
0: John brought, Scott.
1: John Scott, who is just a goon. He's and, a career goon. Yeah. He's a career goon. He has, like, more penalty minutes than he has. He has, like, what? F- probably, like, four goals a season or something. I'm certain like that. If that. Yeah. He, he's, yeah. He's, he, he spends more time in the penalty do- box than he does on the ice. But he got into the he got into the NHL All-Star game from a fan vote and, and people, it was awesome people were talking about it too leading up to
0: it espn was talking about it yeah. like am my, shows that usually don't talk about the nhl were finally yeah. talking about it, it made them relevant.
1: yeah it made them relevant it was fun to watch people I, I bet you the people a couple people bought uh this guy's jersey just oh, because i was, I was gonna, he's gonna buy buy it in, sold out i tried to yeah. buy it from NHL. that kind of sold out just because it's cool and that's where that's where nba i think they're making a huge mistake and I think that if they had put some more uh, exciting guys like a Derrick Rose, who's uh, finally ending his comeback season, the hottest rookie in the league, Luka Doncic, if they were able to put these guys in this in this game, it would have been so much. It would, I think the viewership would have increased. They can make they can make money off of it. I mean, they got their city they got their city style jerseys for a reason. You, you could buy a cool one with Derrick Rose on the back, which you wouldn't normally do that if you weren't a fan of him. Yeah. Take a guess how many goals John Scott
0: had in his career. Six. Oh, you're close. It's less than six. He had five career goals in 13 se- and, uh How many years did he play? He played a lot. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five,
1: six. Yeah. Five Five career goals, but it was awesome.
0: 13, 13 years in the NHL, and he had five career goals. So... There you go. But and like and you I said, mean, he scored fame, like he favorite. scored
1: like a game winner. He had a hat and, trick. And, yeah, a, he had a hat winner. trick, and they put him on his shoulders, and like it the fans were chanting awesome. his name. Like that's so cool. These are like the Rudy-esque moments that we all want to see. And where Rose got
0: robbed of that. That's what the fans wanted to see. This yeah.
1: Time. If Derek Rose, I mean, he he, he was a uh, very emotional after a fifty-point game. I mean, imagine getting him into the All-Star. I mean, we talked Cat Williams. We we're talking about it before Cat Williams has had a crazy bumpy season this year getting basically bullied by jimmy butler some people are saying and just being knocked around by him and he was the star of this team and then he got put down by jimmy butler the third strings beat him but he ended up rebounding he had a game winner last the other night and now he make the all-star game and he was so happy about it you see, you see he was tearing up uh super emotional because it means a lot to these players getting there and i think me, for derrick rosie dodgers it would mean so much Money would go up. Ratings would go up. I think the NBA totally misplayed their all-star game here, unfortunately speaking, because let's be real, no one cares about Chris Middleton. And that, uh, that's going to work. Yeah. Right. So there you go. There you go. Well, this, this will end our Super Bowl edition podcast. Talked a lot about NBA, though, so that league is becoming more exciting by the day. Yeah. So uh, this will wrap it up. Sorry we're coming out, of, uh, coming out on a Friday. Uh, we'll you try and get it a, a little earlier, but we're... Like we said, stuck at a fraternity house all yep. week. Uh, but yeah, go. Uh, so, final pick, who are you taking?
0: Right now, I'd probably take Patriots with experience, unless Ty Gurley's healthy. It's, yeah. it's tough to say, but I'd probably be betting the Patriots right now.
1: I, uh, yeah, like I, I'm done betting against the Patriots. Can't do it. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. There you have it from the Dormer Street podcast. Bet on the Patriots this week, but bet the Hunter. Yes. Uh, thanks for listening. We will see you next week.
0: Sounds your... good.